My name is Peter Squire. I am the Winnipeg Regional Real Estate Board's Vice President of External Relations and Market Intelligence. Welcome to The Voice, where we invite government and community leaders to discuss topics important to you. To speak about rising interest rates, I am pleased to welcome Dennis Brunet to The Voice. Dennis is a well-established mortgage broker in Winnipeg who heads up Mortgage Architects and the Manitoba representative on Mortgage Professional Canada, the leading national mortgage industry association with just under 14,700 individuals and over 1,000 firms, including mortgage brokers, lenders, insurers, and industry service providers. Welcome, Dennis, and thank you for taking the time to join us today. Let's start with the March 2nd Bank of Canada announcement of the first overnight lending rate increase in two years. What does this mean for our regional market? It's not going to have a major impact on our regional market, primarily because the prices of houses is still relatively stable or slightly increasing. But more importantly, when it comes time to mortgage qualification, um, we still have the, the stress test that'll come into play. And the stress test, when it comes time to qualifying for the mortgage, uh, it's always based on the five and a quarter percent rate that exists. Um, so whether a person has a five-year rate of two and a half percent or two percent or three percent, that's not going to matter from a qualification standpoint. It's really going to come down to an affordability uh, standpoint. And like I'd mentioned in the past, if we just use an average interest rate of $300,000, sorry, principal amount of $300,000 mortgage with prime moving by a quarter point on a $300,000 mortgage, it only makes a difference of about $35 a month. So not a major negative impact on there. What are the implications beyond this first rate increase to a point where some economists are predicting we may be back to an overnight lending rate of 1.75% in 2023? That would equate to the prime rate being about one and a half percent higher, or if we follow the normal incremental increases of a quarter point each time they move, that would be six increases. Uh, to put that into perspective, it's really easy to say it this way. This affects only those that are in a variable rate mortgage component, and it won't have that much of a negative impact if they're making the comparison between a five-year fixed term and worrying about where the variable rate is going to be down the road, whether it's a year from now, a year and a half from now, two and a half years from now, there's got to be a certain point where that increase is going to either equal to or exceed the current interest rate available on five-year money today. Okay. Well, on that basis, what do you see happening in terms of fixed rate mortgages in this rising interest rate environment? Do you see more variable mortgage rate holders deciding to lock into a five-year fixed mortgage? Absolutely, because there, there are two different kinds of people um, when it comes time to making mortgage payments. There's a, there's a whole realm of how you decide what kind of mortgage you want. But typically, if you're dealing with your people who are very budget conscious, they want to know what their payment is going to be on a month-to-month -month basis. If you are dealing with people who are more concerned about principal reduction, but still will be playing around with what happens in this scenario, what happens in that scenario, 
you can typically take a look at that, get an idea from these people, what kind of discount they're getting off of Prime today. Right. And normally, and I think we've had this discussion in the past, what I look at doing is I tell them to make their mortgage payments based as if they were in a current five-year fixed mortgage. The benefit to a lot of people uh, when they do it that way is that they're going after a principal reduction component immediately, which helps tremendously. Do you see the mortgage stress test rate, which is currently at 5.25%, changing as no indication from the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions, OSFI, that they will do that? It's an interesting question because right now nobody knows when the government is going to change that stress test rate and what causes them to do it. It's in the past when they've made changes, there's no true clarity that comes around as to why they're doing it. They'll say, oh, we're going to drop it now because of uh, inflation that's way, way down or because of a war that's taken place, or maybe we should increase it because inflation is over 5%. You you never see that true clarity component of it. There's no indication that the stress test is going to change. As a matter of fact, right now, the government is just starting to take a look at possibly making things a little bit more clearer or affordable by way of offering oddly enough, a seven-year term mortgage with a lower rate associated with it. So these are just very preliminary discussions, but I can see something like that coming into play within the next year. Well, that's interesting. And and this idea that they'd ever uh, support some sort of regionalization of that uh, mortgage stress test, as we called for when we made a submission a number of years ago, Have you ever had that brought up at Mortgage Professionals Canada? Uh, Yes, we have. We've talked about it. Um, We've talked to the government about it. And as it sits right now, that's just all it is, is talk. Because there's so many components of a mortgage that comes into place, it could be a little bit too complicated to get down to a regional level. Okay. Thanks for that, uh, Dennis. As a mortgage broker, I have to ask you, if you get into a discussion with first-time buyers, on what they need to save to cover closing costs, let alone their down payment. Uh, Yes, we have that conversation all the time. And there's a little bit of a misnomer or misbelief that's out there to people who are out there buying houses, especially your first-time homebuyers. And that's always tied into what the insurer requirements are when you're buying with 5 or 10% down. Because they outwardly broadcast that as long as you have your 5% down payment and 1.5% for closing costs, we'll, we'll be able to make you qualify for this particular mortgage. The reality is, is that 1.5% is probably or should be closer to anywhere between 3 and 4.5%. Given land transfer taxes are getting to be up there, I think on a $400,000 mortgage, the land transfer taxes alone are about $6,000. Correct. And, and that's well over the 1.5% because anything over a $200,000 purchase is 2%. So right there, that tells you they're off. I don't know if the government's going to start taking a look at changing that side of it or advertising that side of it. But we always tell people, if you're going in 5%, save up to another 4 to 5% for closing costs, because that's going to be the reality. And I guess the challenge we have right now, Dennis, where we're seeing prices rise more rapidly than we have seen in some time in, you know, in 2021, and we're certainly seeing that in 2022, is that when these especially first-time buyers are trying to save for that down payment and then those additional upfront closing costs, 
you know, that extra month or two months, they may come back to you and you have to be the bearer of bad news and say, guess what? That price that you're looking at is probably a little higher now. And that includes a higher land transfer tax fee. Yes. And the good thing that happens in the mortgage broker world, and I'm, I'm sure it happens in the bank world, but in the mortgage broker world, technology starts to kick in and we've been provided with various tools that will allow customers to take a look to see what they qualify for and what kind of closing costs are associated with it. And then a breakdown of those closing costs. And quite all they do is they look at this app and say, oh, here's what I have to worry about for legal fees, title insurance, my land transfer taxes, and any other various costs that are there. So they see it right in front of them as to what they're going to have to save for. No, that's a, that's a great service, uh, that app you provide them, because I, I think what we sometimes hear you know, is that poor uh, buyer ends up getting all the way to their lawyer and then they look across the the desk and say, oh, by the way, uh, have you got your check for $6,000? I need it before you can close on your title. Yes. And that's that's a pretty common thing that's starting to happen more and more. The, The nice thing is, is that here in Winnipeg, a lot of the lawyers have been around for a long periods of time and they've geared their processes to help accommodate this well in advance. So usually a borrower will have two to four weeks notice up front to be able to figure out how much money they're going to need at the day of closing. Is there anything else, Dennis? Uh, I know I've covered kind of the interest rate environment that that you're seeing uh, out there in 2022 that would be uh, helpful for our members to understand in terms of how you obviously work closely with them to help buyers get into our housing market? So there's probably two or three things that we usually typically would uh, touch up on. Um, One of the things, it's kind of interesting out there because everybody always asks, what's your best five-year rate? And at the end of the day, it's not about what's my best five-year rate. It's what's going to be the best mortgage to accommodate the customer's uh, needs moving forward. And one of the things that we typically stress to clients is you got to take a look at life events that will happen over the course of the next, whether it's two years, three years, five years, or 10 years. Um, Do you plan on moving out of this house? Is this a short-term purchase? Is it an intermediary? purchase? Uh, Do you think you're going to still be living in Manitoba? Do you think you're going to be moving provinces or countries? Uh, So we always try and take a look and ensure that most borrowers will have an open mind to looking at these life events that could take place. We can't predict death, so we can't predict how much money that is potentially there in the event of an inheritance. Uh, We can't predict job losses, but we can get an idea as to what it is that our life is going to be all about. Short fact, anytime that an average five-year mortgage is broken in and around month 38. And when that happens, a lot of people who focus so much on that low, low rate never realize or were never explained the benefit of having uh, the penalty to break the mortgage and what kind of costs would be associated with it. We're seeing stuff where people are breaking these nice low rate mortgages, but they're paying five, 10, 15, $20,000 penalties to get out of these mortgages, which is a reason why it may be worthwhile taking a look at a variable rate interest where you pay a little bit more, but know that in most cases, it's only a three month interest penalty that you have to worry about. So that's one of the things that we take a look at explaining to people. Uh, We touched a little bit on the difference between fixed and variable. And I always like to look at it as uh, a comfort payment versus 
making sure that you can reduce your principal if you know you're going to be falling into monies over the course of the next three to five years, or possibly selling your house and having a bit of a windfall associated with it. Uh, that's another one. And then the, the last one that I always try and uh, get people to take a look at is ensuring that they have complete knowledge of what their mortgage penalty is going to be in the event that that life event happens, because we can't predict death. Like I said earlier, we can't predict the mar marital split up. Mm -hmm. Uh, we can't pr uh, predict anything that's going to have any kind of uncertainty to it. So if you're expecting that their penalty is only going to be X and turns around, you get a big surprise and it's Y, it'll make it difficult for when you're looking at buying that next house, you think you have all the money and you don't have all the money. And that makes it real tough. And then it becomes a ripple effect on the person you're buying the house from and who they're buying from and what their situation is. Education is key. Well, that's very helpful, Dennis. And maybe one last question. And because I understand from what you've told me, your company deals with a lot of newcomers and, and some of your own brokers that work in your company are dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, recent yeah. immigrants and newcomers to Manitoba. Have you noticed in terms of their preferences are, are different from say, you know, homegrown Canadians? Because my understanding from what I've read is that, you know, new immigrants and, and newcomers in general, they have the same desire as any other Canadian to own a home. They definitely do. What we found over the years is that they are not as active when it comes time to the resale market for their own purchase when they come here to move to Canada. They want to come and buy a house and stay in that particular residence for an extended period of time. We growing up, and, and you and I can appreciate this, when we were growing up, there was a tendency of people to change houses every five to seven years because you want to go from small to medium to large. That is starting to change quite a bit for a couple of reasons, price being one of them. Way back when, when you were able to afford a house at $100,000 versus today when it's $400,000 for the first-time home buyers, that gets to be a little bit tougher and gives you less of a desire to want to change every three to five year kind of thing. But we're finding that the immigrants are coming here and they want to stay in an area uh, that's suitable for them raising their kids. And that's likely from the country that they come from, that they're just not moving from household to household to household there's a lot more stability and we're finding that big time. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's really interesting. Well, again, Dennis, thanks for joining me on the podcast. I think you've covered a, a, a lot of good ground. I think you've given us some great uh, information even beyond the, just the interest rates and. All right. Thanks a lot, Peter. Enjoy. Okay, the rest yeah. yeah, you too. I'd also like to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And we look forward to having you back for our next episode. Mm -hmm.